0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi The world has a lot of different languages, and a lot of different countries, and a lot of different cultures. If you've had the opportunity to travel, you've seen how people act differently. In different parts of the world how different things are considered important in different parts of the world how certain priorities are given to certain things in one part of the world and not even considered in another part of the world you could say that the different parts of the world have different cultures If you take a look at the word culture, and uh, you split it in half, it's cult, your. Or if you turn it upside down, it's your cult. So every different part of the world has its own cult, and they call it their culture, the way they do things, the way they have found uh, a path within the world. Some of these cultures are religious in nature. Some of these cultures are not religious at all. Uh, Some of them have to do with hunting. Uh, Some of them have to do with horse riding. Uh, Some of them have to do with the accumulation of wealth. Uh, Some of them have to do with fame. Uh, Some of them have to do with power. Uh, They all have different Ideas of what's important within the world. Sufism is also a culture. And it's a culture that is different than all the other cultures in the world, yet. It's at the essence of truth. Now, truth is a very relative term in this world. Truth can mean what's true in your culture. And that changes as you go from country to country and culture to culture. Uh, The law, for instance, in the United States can change from state to The state. Uh, I had a situation with a swimming pool uh, in my backyard that when it was put in, the neighbor claimed that there was an underground stream and we had diverted it onto his property. Well, I looked at the law, and the general law in the United States is that if you divert water, it's a problem. Except in Pennsylvania, (laughs) you can divert underground streams because you don't know where they are and it's not a problem. Depends how people look at things. So, there's a worldly way of looking at things but then there's another way of looking at things. There is something called haq which is an Arabic word which means reality. (coughs) But that's God's reality. And God's reality is the eternal truth as opposed to temporary manifestations of truth that fit a particular situation that you are in, in an illusory world. Now, of course, I I took a lot of leaps there. But we live in an illusory world. We live in a world that's temporary in nature. And every culture seems to have taken the time to write down rules and regulations for this temporary manifestation that we survive in. If you go to the East and you get involved with some digs that are looking for previous civilizations, you'll find that they go down layer after layer after layer and find different civilizations that existed for 700 years, 900 years, 1,000 years, and they've all covered up each other over time. There is a truth, though, that exists throughout time, that doesn't alter, that stays the same No matter what the language, the color of the people, the religion of the people, or the culture of the country is. This is the essential truth within existence. And there are people who have been searching for this essential truth throughout the millenniums. And there are people who have found it. And they gave it a name. And they call it Sufism. Sufism is at the heart of all matters. Sufism is that which is without external decoration. Sufism is the raw truth. The truth that is within everything if... You tear away all of the externalities that cover the truth. And each civilization, each country, has its own externalities. It has its own culture. It has its own way of looking at things. And in each country, people act in certain ways to accomplish that which they think is important within their country within their culture within their lifestyle within the way they hold things important there are industries that try and manipulate you To do things in certain ways. For instance, the advertising industry. It tries to manipulate you so that you spend your money in a certain way. It tries to create a culture that holds their brands as something very important in this world. Uh, There was a man in the 1870s, an economist, his name was Thorstein Veblen, who wrote a book called The Theory of Conspicuous Consumption. And he basically laid out that one of the important things for people to do in this world is to prove to other people that they're important. And By owning certain products, by buying certain things, by driving certain cars, by living in a certain house in a certain neighborhood, you prove that. And one of the reasons that you do that is because you get some kind of value out of it. So he he determined that utilitarian value had many different definitions. And one of them is to make yourself important. So if you could buy things that make yourself important, there's a utilitarian value. But Sufism says that there's only one thing that's important in this world. There's only one thing that's important in your life. Everything else is dross. Everything else is superfluous. Everything else is shaft things that need to be gotten rid of everything else is a veil that hides the truth and that one thing is to create a relationship between you and your Lord somehow you have to come to the point where you get to know your Lord now when does this become important to people How does this become important to people? When do people think of this? Well, it usually happens through some kind of major event, monumental event in life. The death of a parent, the birth of a child, the illness that one suffers that may or may not be disastrous. All of a sudden, questions come to mind like, I think I'm beginning to see that this isn't permanent. That something could happen here that's going to change the entire nature of everything that I've held important my entire life. Everything I've accumulated is somehow going to be taken away from me. When this moment happens, all of a sudden, the methodology of our thought process alters. The things that have driven us up to that point no longer seem to have the same kind of influence that they used to have prior to that moment. In life, without thought, In life that is reactive to the world and tries to do what the culture demands of it, life becomes desire-driven. Desire-driven and attempting to satisfy those desires. Most life in this world is an attempt to satisfy desire, is an attempt to somehow make the self greater through obtaining the things that we want in the world. But when you lose your taste for these things, because other things are more pressing, when you lose your taste for the magnetisms and the gems and the sparkles and the illusion that surrounds us where do you go when you begin to see the lie within the illusory nature of existence and its temporary nature where do you go well you begin to look for answers to the ultimate questions why was I born How was I created? I mean, we all know enough to know that we didn't make ourselves. That we were made through a process. And this process has been going on for a long time. And there was a creator within this process who put this process into existence. Well, what's the purpose of this process? Well, you begin to look for teachers who know the answers to those questions. And one of the things that you're going to find is that there are not a lot of these people in existence. The truth is rare, and the truth isn't readily available, and it takes some effort to find it. But if you put forth the effort and if you create a true intention, it'll be brought to you and it will be shown to you. And you will begin to find out the answers to your questions. What happens is people play the acquisition game in this world they acquire wives they acquire property they acquire children they acquire and acquire and acquire as if this acquiring is going to somehow satisfy the needs that crop up within them but no matter how much you acquire people still find that these things cannot satisfy That inner need that needs to know the answer to the question, Who am I? No matter how many cars you have, they're not going to tell you who you are. No matter how much money you have in the bank, it's not going to tell you who you are. No matter how beautiful your wife or husband is, they're not going to tell you who you are. So who is going to tell you who you are? Who's going to answer that question that lingers within us that needs to be answered that doesn't seem to be answered from the world the way we know it well this question has been asked for a lot of years and men have run off into caves to try and answer it they've run off into monasteries to try and answer it they've run off into jungles to try and answer it. In Sufism, there is a methodology where you go into seclusion for a period of 40 days and you are given subsistence food just enough to keep you alive. Subsistence water just enough to keep you alive and why do you go into seclusion for 40 days so that you can see what it is like to be without all of the machinations of the world attacking you without all of the influences of the world constantly being showered on you without having all of the action-reaction situations that go on to the world. It's a time when you are alone with yourself and without anything else. It's usually done underground in a dark place, so you don't have the influence of vision. You don't have the influence of sound. There's a quietude that enters into the equation. And in being in this quiet, dark place for an extended period of time, you get to find out who's there. Who's there without the surrounding influences? Who's there without the interference? of the world our time in this illusory world has a fixed end to it it only lasts for a lifetime and how long is a lifetime the prophet peace and blessings be upon him lived to be 63 years old how long is a lifetime The oldest person in the world right now is probably in the neighborhood of 115 years old, and there are probably two of them, and this world's a big place. So we know that this existence has a time to it, has an end to it, and we know that this body, or as Rumi referred to it, this bag of bones, dissipates And disappears. We are in a created shell, and we have the ability to maneuver this shell. We are told that within this shell, Allah breathed a soul into us, and this soul exists within us. We are told that when we dissipate in a physical way, that part of us still exists. So, with all the talk of heaven and hell, and all the talk of afterlife, it should be evident that the religions are telling you that something exists after the body goes Something exists after the body disappears. Well, what is this? It's very difficult for us to comprehend this because we're so attached to the body and we're so used to having the body and we're constantly living within the body. So here we are in a body that's not truly who we are, yet... The entire world recognizes us by our name and our face and our attachment to this body. The whole world is attached to our body as if that's who we were. We become attached to our body as if that's who we were. How do we disassociate from this penultimate association? How do we relieve ourselves of this attachment and association with the body? Well, maybe you go into a hole for 40 days. Or maybe you learn how to sit still and ask yourself the question over and over, Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Or maybe you go and find yourself a teacher who will explain to you who you truly are. And in shorthand, if he's a real teacher he will tell you some of the following things. God created everything. And he, Allah, is within all that which he created. And the truth of who you are is known to you when you let go of yourself. When you let go of all of the associations that you have to yourself. When you let go of all of the egocentric needs you have to aggrandize yourself. When you no longer become important to yourself. If we look at the lives of the ones who seem to have elevated themselves above this earthly plane, above the attachment to the earthly needs that go on in the world, we see a commonality that runs through them. And that commonality is that they give of themselves on behalf of others. That they are not the center of their universe. You see, man has placed himself, in general, in the center of his universe. When man was beginning to describe the planets, they began to say that the sun revolved around the earth because we are the center of everything. Well, later it was proven that the sun revolves, I'm sorry, the earth revolves around the sun. Well, we are not the center of the universe, but I have been in the center of the universe. I've seen the center of the universe, and where was it? It was at the feet of my teacher who was lost in Allah. It was at the feet of my teacher who disappeared into Allah. And then it became evident that the center of the universe is where Allah is. And where is Allah? Allah is everywhere. So you can touch the center of the universe. But to do that, you have to disappear. And then you are in the midst of everything. It's a very tough sell to tell people that to know the truth they have to disappear. It's a very tough sell to tell people that to know the truth they have to give up everything they've, hold dear, they've held dear their entire lives. That the, the the path to self-knowledge, the path to knowing the self is to give up the self. And the, the truth of self-knowledge, is that you don't exist. That all there is, is God. And the answer to the question, of who am I, in the penultimate, is Anul Haq. I am reality. I am the truth. I am with the truth. I disappear, and only the truth exists. If we can take ourselves to understanding this path and believing in its truth, there is a salvation for us. But as long as we hold on to the world and think that the world can somehow save us and somehow give us something, it's like a snake. All a snake can give you is what a snake has. And if it's a poisonous snake, it's going to give you venom. All that a the earth is going to be able to give you is a hole three feet wide and six feet deep and six feet long it's all the earth has to give you have to understand the nature of what you're dealing with there was a man who encountered a bear who was in terrible pain and he went up to the bear and saw that it had a uh, huge piece of wood stuck in one of its paws. And he pulled it out of his paw. And the bear understood what had happened and became very grateful and began to follow the man around and protected him. And when he came back to his little town, the bear was with him. And people told him, you know, that's a bear. Uh, uh, you you, you should understand what you're dealing with. And he said, no, the bear, it only protects me. I've been with him for a year now as I've been wandering on my way back to my my town, and he's always done kind things to me. Uh, They kept warning him. He kept not listening. One night he was sleeping, and a fly was buzzing around him. And the bear tried to chase the fly away and couldn't. So the bear picked up a rock, the fly had landed on the man's head, and the bear killed the fly, also killing the man simultaneously. We need to understand the nature of what we're dealing with. We need to understand the nature of the world and what the world has to offer. And we have to have the insight to move beyond that. We have to have the insight that there's something more than what the eye can see, the nose can smell, the ear can hear. That the senses are capable of interacting with. There are senses beyond our senses. These senses don't come from the intellect. They come from another part of us. They come from our heart. And our heart is able to intuit That there's something more to existence than this constant need to accumulate things. There is a span and an understanding to existence that may not be able to be seen by us, but needs to be looked for. That path is the path of Sufism. That path is the path of trying to find out who we are. The true purpose of this existence is to go on that path and to find out who we are. May it be made easy for us. May Allah help us go on this path. May he bring us directly to the truth and show us reality. Amen.